Hey friends, it's Mark James. Today is a slightly late one, don't worry. I know. I know. <laughs> it's quarter past nine. I've just done a show at Camber Sands down in uh, Kent. Actually, it's not in Kent. I think it's in East Sussex. But anyway, it's near Rye, uh, Camber Sands, big holiday park. Uh, great crowd in. I had a lot of fun. Nice, nice audience. I did a show last night over in Portsmouth, which is where I was on Saturday, but I went home in between. Gosh, last night was funny. <laughs> I said to this bloke um, who was helping out one of the tricks, I mean, at the minute, the way things are, <clears throat> I can't get people on stage and I can't give them stuff to mess with or to help me with the show, really. So I still use a lot of people from the audience, but they can't come up on the stage with me. So I said to this guy, uh, what's your name? And he said, Gaz. And I said, did you say Gaz or Daz? And he went, Gaz. And I went, oh, cool. And then a little kid went, his name's Gary. No, Gareth. And I went, is it? How do you know? And he went, it's my daddy. And I looked at the phone and he went, I said, can I call you daddy or is that a bit weird? <laughs> he said, that depends what you're into. I said, have you got an OnlyFans? <laughs> so it was fun. I had good, good shows. It's been, uh, it's been a not a bad little week. I'm happy to be out gigging. We've only got to survive this week and next week without some national lockdown. And I'll have done most of the gigs that were there to do. And I'll, I should be able to survive on that, we hope. Maybe if I can save some money, get it put away, we'll be able to, you know, go the distance till next sister, uh, season. Go the distance. I will find my way. I can go the distance. I'll be there someday. I know I'll be strong. I love that song. I'm a terrible singer, of course. But uh, that's from Hercules, isn't it? There used to be this act <coughs> that uh, sang that song at the end of his act. His name was Fogwell Flax. I don't know if he's still going now, but he did impressions. And he did he did normal impressions. He did like Bart Simpson and stuff. And um, as well as that, he used to do sort of noises of stuff. This is going to sound shit when I describe it, but it was really good. He would sort of do the noise of a train coming into the station, but you'd hear like ambient noise and he used echo and all sorts of different stuff. You'd hear sort of ambient noise and then you would hear, you know, the sound of the train coming in and all the beeps and squeals. And it was really, really very... If you'd shut your eyes, you'd swear you were in a station or he would do planes landing or various cars or the sound of a gun reloading or just like loads of different sound effects, but very ambient room sound effects as well. And then he did all the usual impressions as well, you know, of, um, I don't know, Bart Simpson and um, all the different sort of TV celebrities and stuff of the time. This was in the early 2000s. Uh, so everyone who was famous then, that's who he used to do. And uh, it was brilliant. I used to love his act. I wonder if he's still going. Fogwell Flax, he was called. Flax, F-L-A-X. Um, and he was a nice guy as well. We used to have him as an act when I was um, when I was a fun star, early 2004, when I was on the team, like a sort of red coat kind of job. I used to think I wanted to be an impressionist. When I was a little kid, I used to do some impressions. And uh, I had quite a few. And they were all right, you know, for a little kid. But um, then when I went off and was a singer at Haven... I had glandular fever, and after that, I never could sing again, because I kept singing. I used to drink pints of boiling water to try and get my voice to work, because <laughs> I never had any training like that, so I didn't know how dangerous it was to completely ruin your voice by continuing to sing, even though your voice is ruined, uh, or you've got, you know, a throat infection or a glandular fever or whatever. And ever since then, it all went, although I do have one impression that Joshua really likes. If you've seen the Batman film with Tom Hardy as Bane, 
Joshua, I did it once to make him laugh, and he thinks that I, I he thinks that I do it well. You can be your own judge. I'll do it for you. And he he likes that scene in the plane at the beginning of the film, where um, the guy says to Bane. It, would it hurt if I took off the mask? And Bane replies. And so Joshua will frequently, when we're sitting in the living room, he'll just look at me and go, Daddy. And I'll go, yeah. And he'll go, would it hurt if I took off the mask? And I go, it would be very painful for you. <laughs> That's my impression. Who else have I done impersonations of? Oh, yeah, I did an impression in the early days of the podcast of uh, Greta Thunberg, didn't I? You have stolen my dreams. But yeah, it would, would it hurt if I took off the mask? It would be very painful for you. <laughs> yeah, so that's my Bane impression. Oh, maybe I'll try and get some back. That's a good variety skill, that isn't it? I do like impressionists when you see a good, um, you see a good impressionist. I also really, really like ventriloquism. I've always wanted to do that myself. I've got a really funny idea for a bit for my own show, which I keep thinking I'm going to put in. And I think next season I probably will. I'm trying to decide between two possible directions for next year's show. One of them is that it's going to be magic around the world and I'll focus much more heavily on magic, but I will present magic as it would have been in different countries, you know, and it will go to a different country during each trick and I will tie it up together with a trick at the end, which will be what magicians would recognize as a multiple selection routine. You'll probably seen it in my show if you've seen any footage of me where multiple people choose a card and I find them in loads of different ways and that trick will be themed around a country that they choose. I'll find a card in the way they'd find it in that country and stuff. So that's an idea. The other way is to potentially dial down the magic a little bit and do a mix of variety skills. So obviously I'm doing fire eating, some magic, some juggling, um, some sideshow stuff, ventriloquism, a couple of impressions, play the ukulele, maybe do a show that's much more heavily variety based instead of it being a, a strong magic show obviously it'll be magic will be four out of ten of the things in the show but the other six will be variety so it'll still be magic led <clears throat> but i don't know i'm trying to work on that at the minute thinking about next year's show because i need to think about the material in terms of what i can do with uh socially distanced audience because even if things go back to normal which i hope they do of course i'm still gonna work on the assumption that getting people up on stage might feel weird to people and you know because even when it goes back to normal can you imagine shaking hands with someone now do you feel comfortable at the idea of being in a tight space with everyone with their masks off it's changed us hasn't it inside a little bit we're different to how we used to be sort of just instinctively I feel bad for kids that are having their sort of version of the world. To us, this is weird. But if your kids are of a certain age, it's sort of a little bit the norm. And then the real world, the normal world, will feel unusual to them for a time. I don't know. But anyway, so variety skills. Maybe a couple of impressions. Maybe I'll get by on Bane and Greta Thunberg. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to present to you my impersonation of young uh, Swedish activist... Greta Thunberg. Ahem. You have stolen my dreams. How dare you? <laughs> It'll bring the house down, I'm sure. It would be very painful for you. Yeah, you know, one of their... I've ruined the Bane impression. If I do it too many times, I'll stop being able to do it. Just rewind back and listen to the first one again. The first one was a lot better. 
Um, so, what am I going to talk to you about today? Well, firstly, I went to a shop to get some stuff. Oh, by the way, I didn't eat yesterday. I managed. I did a no food day and then I cracked a bit today and I've had some sweets and some crisps. Um, but I did do a no food day yesterday, so I'm going to do one tomorrow uh, and swap it around a bit and then see how I get on on Friday. The important thing is to try and have had two no food days in a row and before the weigh-in on Saturday morning. So maybe I'll do Thursday, Friday that way. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I went to a shop and this shop is called BJ's... <laughs> BJ's on the beach. Now, I it's owned by a group of shops in the UK. Everyone knows the Premier Shop, Premier Stores. is like a group of shops in the same way that uh, Walmart is or, you know, a bunch of other stores... Premier is a is a group of stores that you can franchise. And um, so this is called Premier, but it's also BJ's on the beach. Now, Barclays have started doing a thing where when you pay for something, you get um, a notification when you use contactless or your card. Your phone app, your banking app, gives you a notification in the same way as you get a text message notification or a messenger notification or anything on your home screen. Gives you a notification of what you've just spent, which is really handy because when a bill comes out or anything like that, you wake up and you've got a notification of what bills have come out. You know exactly what's going on. It's really good. Unless you've just bought something at a shop called BJ's on the Beach. <laughs> which is owned by the Premier Group. So if you look on my uh, Instagram, I've posted a screenshot of it, of the notification, and it says, Barclays Alert, £14.22, Premier BJ's on the beach. <laughs> oh, my God. It does not look good, friends. I mean, when my bank statement comes through, it's a good job that... Uh, that I <laughs> And as well, let's be fair, £14.22, aside from being very specific, is a very good price. <laughs> so it's either in East Sussex or Kent, but uh, get yourself down and get, you know, Premier BJ's on the beach for £14.22. Not good. So I'm down in Kent. I'm staying in a caravan, as Americans would recognise as a trailer, but they're very nice. And um, there's a fly in there. This same fly. I cannot kill it. It's driving me insane. It managed to get into the bathroom with me today. And I tried everything I could to kill it. I tried to get it out the window first. I opened the window. I tried to nudge it out. I tried to waft it out with a towel. I tried everything that I could try to get this fly to basically get out the window. And it would not go. And at one point, it tried to get in my ear, which I hated. Um, so then I became, basically the fly became Arnold Schwarzenegger and I became every different person who tries to kill him in The Running Man. <laughs> if you've seen The Running Man, it's this kind of futuristic set film, which I think takes place now, um, you know, but it was in the 1980s when it came out. And uh, he's like this guy who's been falsely accused of this crime and they put him into this maze almost and then they send all these different kind of people to try and kill him. It's a brilliant film. If you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. And one of them's like the Iceman. One of them's got a flamethrower. One of them's got axes or knives or something. And whenever he kills one, he kills them in a funny way that um, he gets to do a pun. So when he kills the Iceman, he kills the Iceman and he goes, chill out. 
<laughs> or well, he decapitates some guy, and they'll, the other players will be like, where did he go? And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger will go, he lost his head. <laughs> I'm doing the impression. There's another impression here. Chill out. Um, yeah, he does that. Or he'll do some horrible pun, you know. Uh, I don't know. Um, so I did that. And I'm not kidding. I tried to kill the fly with a towel by whipping it. It kept flying away. I tried to drown it in the shower because it got in the shower at one point. So I trapped it in there and I did get the shower on it. And it went on the floor for a bit and then it flew off again. I couldn't even drown it. Then I, there's a lighter in my um, washing bag, which is always there. Um, and I use it because I have some scented candles in there. And I light scented candles when I'm in accommodation in random places because I like... I, I can't bear unpleasant smells. I'm sure I've told you this. I don't like the smell of farts because I don't like that when you smell a fart, there's air in your lungs that's just been touching somebody else's shit. So <laughs> I don't like the smell of farts and I don't like other stale smells and stuff. I've got a thing about nice smells. So I get this, um, I get these scented candles. They're from Ikea and they smell like cherries and they're red. And I have them in my washing up bag, um, you know, for the bathroom and I have a lighter. So I get this lighter and this deodorant and I try and blowtorch this fly. That doesn't work. I try to drown him with a shower. I try to whip him with a towel. It just wouldn't go. So in the end, I just decided, you know what? Live and let live. He was probably in there before I was and he'll be in there after I am. So I've left him. I'm hoping he'll fly out at some point, but at the minute he's still in there. I hate flies. The other thing I hate that gets affected by a caravan is rain. I know I've talked about how I hate rain in the past and I go on about it a bit because it's quite pathological how much I hate the rain. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether, I don't know what it is, but in a caravan, the rain is different because it hits the caravan and it sounds kind of pleasant. You feel sort of engulfed by it. And it rained from about 6 a.m. and just wouldn't stop. And it was so strong, this pounding rain. And uh, I found it very soothing. So that was quite nice. When I was working on teams and I lived in a caravan, um, what people used to do as a practical joke is they would throw bread. They would get bread and they'd throw it on top of the caravan so that early in the morning, seagulls would land on your roof and they would peck the roof and it would wake you up. And that used to drive you insane. But I lived in my second season. We lived above the uh, arcade for a bit. So I didn't need to worry about the seagulls because every morning at 7 a.m., it's the donkey derby <laughs> they would turn the machines on and it would absolutely drive you insane the sound of all the arcade machines coming on at the same time and once you've learned to sleep through that and it's not easy it takes a few weeks but once your brain has learned not to wake up when it hears that i think you can basically wait, uh, sleep through anything speaking about sounds iphone has got this incredible new thing on it now where it recognizes sounds so say you're deaf right it can wreck your iphone you have to have it so it's always listening but i mean it's always listening anyway isn't it i guarantee if i talk about you know bouncy castles in this podcast that when i look on instagram afterwards there's going to be an advert for one <laughs> so you might as well just give into it basically but it has to listen to stuff all the time and you have to sort of acquiesce to its demands and accept that it's going to listen but if you're deaf, you turn this setting on and you can 
train it or you can tell it to recognize common sounds. So if it hears a fire alarm, it'll notify you. If it hears, you know, I don't know what the other sounds are, I'd have to look in the menu option, but all of the common sounds that could mean danger. I don't know if it recognizes, you know, a tiger or whatever, but de definitely fire alarms and stuff. And it will even give you a notification on your Apple Watch. So if you're deaf, it's very handy. They've also got a thing that if you fall over, your watch recognizes if you've fallen over. And if you don't get back up again within a certain amount of time, it'll call an ambulance for you. It's amazing. I mean, iPhone is really pushing ahead with that stuff. I know loads of you have probably got an Android and you're sitting there going, oh, we've had this on Androids for years. Yeah, you might have done, but it's still not as good as it, you boring bastards. <laughs> When my friend Tracy hears that, he's going to laugh. He's laughing now. You're laughing, aren't you, Tracy? I know he is because he's got an Android and we talk about this all the time and he couldn't care less. And I tell him all the time, why don't you get an iPhone? We've got this. And he'll go, oh, yeah, I think my phone does that, but I'm not bothered. And I'm like, yeah, but Androids are still not as good. Apple and Mac is just the best, isn't it? Answers on a postcard, friends. <laughs> Which is best? Apple, Mac or Android? You tell me. I think it's Apple. Everything just works. It looks cool. They do the best announcements. You know, you don't have, you can't mess about with it to the point that it breaks. Everything just, it's good. I mean, everyone's going mad, aren't they, on Apple at the minute that, oh, we've got widgets. We've got all this new stuff and everyone's on Android going, oh, we've had widgets for years. Well, good for you. They're still shit, aren't they? <laughs> anyway, that's today's podcast. Um, I'm going to record earlier tomorrow. I'll try my best. I haven't got anything on, so I've got no excuse not to. Um, if you want to hear me talk about anything in particular, drop me a message. Here's something wild. We are nearly into two months of this podcast. I've done nearly two months. We're just four days away from two months. How insane is that? I can't believe it. But I'll tell you what, I look forward to it every day, even on days like today when I've been so mad busy. I, the problem was I put my other podcast out today as well. You know, I've got this other podcast that I do just for magicians called Talking Shtick. So uh, if you like magic and you want to hear magicians talk, check out Talking Shtick. This week I interviewed Charlie Caper and uh, it's up now. It's available. So go and check that out. Anyway, that's today's podcast. Um, thanks for listening. Oh, I was told I should mention this and I haven't done it in the whole two months. If you want to support this podcast financially, and don't worry, I'm not going to bang on about this all the time. Um, I do have a Patreon. My Patreon has three levels and it's designed for the magic podcast because I put extra content on there. You can either subscribe to my Patreon at either £2 a month, £5 a month or £10 a month. And I have people on all levels. If you want to just donate £2 a month to the creation of content, go to patreon.com forward slash Mark James Magician. Patreon.com forward slash Mark James Magician, no spaces. Um, and you'll find my Patreon. And if you subscribe for £2, you get a little thank you just for subscribing. It's £2 a month and, you know, contributing towards all this content. If you subscribe for £5, you can hear the extra conversations that I have with the magicians on the Talking Shtick podcast. And if you subscribe to £10, um, I come round and give you a BJ on the beach. <laughs> but it's all there. So if you do want to support the podcast, uh, I'd really appreciate it, but you don't have to. To, and that's how you can do it. I've never mentioned it before in two months, but uh, someone mentioned it in my day. Why don't you mention your Patreon? So here I am. Uh, anyway, cheers, friends. That's the end of the pod. I'll speak to you all tomorrow. Thanks for sticking with me. I love you all. <laughs> Bye.
You have stolen my dreams.